And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative, and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Wednesday, September 27th, and we are here trying to help you make sense of what's going on in your financial life and maybe even in the broader economy. Mark, I cannot believe it, but we uh, look like we are facing yet another government shutdown. So it's good because our politicians are such screw ups. I can just continue to recycle all the old stuff that I've done about this. So I don't really have to worry. I don't have to do a lot of preparing. I just have to change like this is the, mm, you know, the 21st time or the 22nd time. You know, it's just like that. Um, anyway, so this could be the, I think it's the, could be the 22nd gap that we will find in our government funding. And, um, you know, uh, by the way, of course, finally Moody's weighs in. They say, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a bad deal. I cannot believe this. We really self-inflicted wounds. I feel bad for all of our government workers. You know, we have so many listeners who are really focused on this and have been. Thank goodness they all have emergency reserve funds. That's what they, that's what I've learned. Government employees are so smart about that. They're like, yeah, we don't really trust anyone. So let's just make sure we've got a nice, chunky emergency reserve fund just for these kinds of issues. So all that being said, uh, let me take a deep breath and tell you that if you've got a financial question, just give us a holler. Go to jillonmoney.com. And click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air live. If you are, check the box. If not, we'll do emails. And in fact, that's what we're going to do today. We are going to do an email episode starting with John, who's a working professional. He makes good money. He says, I'm considering getting an online MBA just to scratch my academic itch. Plus, it would allow me to pursue teaching in quote unquote retirement as an advanced degree is required. Since this degree is not about career progression or networking, I'm focusing on value. University of Illinois offers an uh, an MBA, an online MBA, for $25,000. The program lasts two to five years. I assume it would take three years, eight grand a year-ish. I could easily cash flow this, but 
would it make sense for me to contribute to a 529 plan first for the tax benefits? I live in New York State, and I believe I can deduct up to $5,000 a year from my state taxes for contributions to 529s. So I could contribute to my 529, then withdraw a few months later to fund my tuition. Mark, is that is there a limitation on how long it takes before you need to pull the trigger to actually access the funds? Is there any clock that ticks on the 529 in New York? No, no, there's no, there's no clock at all. So, I mean, sounds like a good idea. I would just make sure he, I, I'm assuming he's single because he's saying 5K a year. If he's married, it's 10K a year. Uh, just make sure that this falls under the qualified expense category. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, I presume. But anyway, good luck. I love that thinking. And uh, kind of cool to get a an online degree from a reputable institution. Not going to, you know, clean your clock. I'm not sure why an MBA, but I might try something else. But if, especially if you're going to teach, there are probably also online teaching certificate programs. But anyway, check it out. You'll, you'll see. Uh, okay. This is from Anne. I received an annual bonus, $30,000 pre-tax. Should I use it to pay off a car loan, $15,000, if the interest on the loan is less than the interest in a high-yield savings account, which is 3% versus 4.5% just for the peace of mind? Well, how about this? I think you should not pay it off. That's number one, because even peace of mind, you can always get peace of mind in the future. You know, so I don't know. I think that might as well, while you're still getting four and a half, just collect the difference. If it really does bother you, I know it's not tons of money, so you can do it. It's just, it's hard for me to give up the arbitrage. I guess there's like a tax issue, like you're earning four and a half percent, but it's taxable, which probably nets you close to 4%. So now we're talking three versus four. Does it really matter? Eh, probably doesn't really matter. But anyway, mathematically, I kind of like you to just hang on to it anyway, just for the heck of it. And uh, Anne's also a Pennsylvania resident. She's considering opening a 529 for a three-month-old niece. From what I learned so far, Pennsylvania offers tax benefits for out-of-state plans as well. I read the New York plan has low fees. Is it advisable to use another state's plan in this case? Mark, let's let's keep going with your 529 question. Uh, what do you think? Use another state's plan as long as she's sure she gets that in that tax deduction. Usually, you have to use the state's plan. Yeah, that would be news to me. That I'm not familiar with. Usually, you only get the deduction if you live in that state. I have a feeling she might be confusing. The, the differential might be that she's looking at it and says, okay, it's a state plan. You still get the federal tax benefits. I'm going to look this up. Hang on a second. Okay. Pennsylvania state income tax deduction. Pennsylvania taxpayers can deduct up to $17,000 in contributions per beneficiary from their Pennsylvania taxable income for the purposes of determining their state income taxes. You know what? I'd use their plan. I think she's confused. You have to be a Pennsylvania resident to get the Pennsylvania state income tax deduction. You're not going to be able to use another state's plan and get the deduction. Right. Do I stay or still like, do I go? Okay. Here is a question from Yash. I'm down 10% of my 403B. I want to try to recoup my money. Do I wait to try to recoup my money? Do I transfer it now to my low fee Vanguard account? Oh, this is a drag mark. The 403B plan has a one and a half percent fee. It's with a big insurance company versus a half a percent to Vanguard. 225 in the account. I have a Roth and a brokerage account that I manage. I plan to retire in three years. Um, Mark, you want to you want to get rid of this 403B? Or I guess there's two questions. Are you allowed 
to transfer this money as in-service transfer. Sometimes that's allowed as bit depending on your age. You got to double check on that. Let's presume Yash is actually allowed to do this. A yay or a nay? You want to transfer to Vanguard now, Mark, with three years to go? If she can, I probably would. I mean, I don't know what she's invested in that's down 10%, but it's 10%. You know, I probably would not wait around for it to come back. I wouldn't. I just like even just for the um, for the benefit of having a low fee account. But, you know, you're not withdrawing it. Remember, it has to be a direct transfer to another retirement account. So as long as that's allowed, double check with your uh, folks at work. Okay, Linda says, I recently talked about how target date funds are less tax efficient than index funds. I never heard you mention that before. Why is this? All of my money is in a target fund at Vanguard. Mark, target date funds have a specific target that they are looking at. And again, some of them are based on age. Some of them are based on weighting. Some of them are based on your age, like the date, a date of retirement. Some are um, supposedly investing as if you retired in a certain year, but then went beyond that year. So through retirement. Why are target date funds less tax efficient? Is it simply because they're making the changes in the plan and you may not make those changes if you own the index funds directly? Isn't that the the main reason? Well, and I also think this comes down to those unexpected dividends that target date funds can kick off that people are not aware of. That's why when we talk about the tax benefits of a target date fund, it's much more efficient to hold it in a tax deferred account, not inside a taxable account. So if you understand that you have some tax liability, I mean, it's not huge probably, but um, also I like the idea of having the, ta- the, the, uh, the index fund, especially if it's a lot of money, because you may not want to wind down your allocation in the same way that the fund family does. And maybe you've got other resources. So, I mean, it's easy, but sometimes I just like, I think to myself, well, an index fund is really easy also. If Linda, she says she has all of her monies in a target fund at Vanguard. If this is in a retirement account, Linda, you know, I probably wouldn't worry too much about it. Well, I wouldn't worry about it. On the other hand, I also wouldn't wait around if, um, you know, I also would double check and say like, hey, what's the fee? Again, we're talking about fees and we're talking about um, expenses. Sometimes target date funds have expenses and they're higher than what you would have to pay if you were just holding the index fund. So it kind of depends on where you are in your life. I don't think it's like the most important tax liability that you have, but um, I think it's good to raise it as an issue. And also that some target date funds, the ones that are inside of retirement plans, some of them, especially by these big insurance companies, they got big fees still. They really do. They're still charging like a half a percent for something that you can get for free if you just hold the index funds directly. Okay. Fred has money in a SEP IRA and he says, I am 75. I'm going to retire next year. And I'm thinking of rolling it into an immediate annuity, and I'm going to use that income to offset what I'm losing with retirement. I have been taking RMDs from the SEP. What are the tax issues in switching from the SEP to the annuity? I live in Connecticut. Thanks. Uh, Okay. So you still have to take RMDs. I'm not sure why you would want an immediate annuity. Can't you just still pull the money out of the SEP a little bit at a time, or do you just feel like... Um, that you like the consistency of income. That's number one. Number two, um, there's no real tax issue. It's a fee issue. Are you actually starting a clock on fees that you wouldn't have to pay if you were just staying in your SEP? If this is like a low cost um, immediate annuity, 
it is possible. The only other thing you have to think about is um, an estate issue, which is if you were to die, what happens to that money and where does it go and what happens, who's the beneficiary and things like that. Um, I'd need to know more about you if I really think this is the best option or not. Who knows? But I, I think that's worth considering. If you would like to send us a note, all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com and click the contact us button. Complete the form. We'll get it. We do email episodes every now and again. While you're on the website, don't forget about the free weekly newsletter and the subscription service, Jill on Money Live. I am wrangling a lovely and informative guest for year-end financial planning. That will be our December webinar, but you'll only be able to join us if you really just all you have to do is shell out 35 bucks. That's it. And with that, you have access to the quarterly live webinars and all that cool bonus content that lives behind the paywall. We are going to have someone special going up behind the paywall any day now. Mark says it's going to be uh, going to he's he's really he's withholding. We're putting a lot of interviews in the can and then we're dribbling them out. But you can get access to everyone who's there, including that fabulous interview with Nate Burleson, probably one of our favorites, Mark. And uh, you can check that out if you're a subscriber to Jill on Money Live. You can do that right on our website, jillonmoney.com. All right. Lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.